It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! Each year, a national champion is crowned in college football. My guest today was part of the Penn State Nittany Lions 1982 national championship team under head coach Joe Paterno. Mike Suter was a safety on that team and is here to talk about his time at Penn State and what drives him to be the man he is today. Mike, so good to have you on. Hey, great. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me. Well, before we talk about the national championship team, we're going to get some background in your history of playing football in general. At least in high school, it started off at Archbishop Moeller High School, where you had quite a team. I, it was like a Division One team. I think you told me some crazy number of uh, members of that team who went on to play Division One football, but uh, Jerry Faust was the coach. Of course, he had great success at Moeller, but talk about your your time spent at Moeller, not only on the football field, but in the classroom as well. Yeah, yeah. Moeller was was a great opportunity for me. My uncle was a coach and uh, and taught there, and I always knew I wanted to go to Moeller, given their history, not only on the football field and sports, but also in, in the classroom and their faith formation. So it's just really blessed. You know, I lived two miles from the school, and uh, it was just a, a great experience for me and, and foundational for the rest of my life, for sure. Now, you had aspirations to go to the University of Notre Dame. At least you followed that uh, team while you were in high school, but uh, they didn't recruit you, Mike. So uh, you had to play for a, a team in the state of Pennsylvania, coached by Joe Paterno. Tell us about how you wound up at Penn State and the recruiting process. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was a good player, I would say on a great team. Like you said, we had, I don't know, I think 16 kids, uh, that went on to D ones, uh, somewhere in, in the country and, you know, being Catholic in Cincinnati, Notre Dame was my team used to watch the replays on Sunday afternoons, but, uh, like you said, they didn't recruit me. So I was recruited by, you know, a lot of mid American conference schools and some, some other schools and some, some D one uh, major D one programs, but Penn state was the most active, uh, with me. And I always had a respect for Joe Paterno and Penn state. And it was really the easiest decision I've ever made. And, uh, obviously changed the arc of my life going there. So met my wife there, who was also a swimmer, a Penn, you know, an athlete there. So, uh, we're, we're Penn State proud for sure. Yeah, you actually told me that uh, the swimming program was a little bit more rigorous than the football program there as far as working out. Two, they have two days every day. We just you know, had them like three weeks in the summer and we complained about it. So, yeah, a lot harder to be a swimmer. All right, well, let's tap into this national championship season. We could talk about all four years, but this uh, special season happened in 1982. In fact, it was Joe Paterno's first national championship, and uh, – Mike, you started off the season very well. I think Temple, Maryland, Rutgers, all victories. And then you played number two, Nebraska. It was a national uh, televised game. You won 27-24. They were ranked number two in the country. And then you had to go down to Birmingham, not Tuscaloosa, to play Alabama, who was coached by Bear Bryant. And what a game it was. Penn State came out on the losing side, but uh, you had an eventful game, Mike. Uh, Maybe you could tell us about that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So we were, I think, like I said, uh, we were third in the country after the Nebraska game and Alabama was fourth. And I was a backup safety, uh, fully backed up free and strong. Um, our starting safety that uh, year 
uh, got hurt in the second quarter and I get thrust in and we were losing. It was a tough game. We were down um, throughout the whole game. We never had a lead. Um, and I was having the game of my life. I think I had 10 tackles, had an interception in the end zone. And, uh, you know, my, my friends are going, you're going to be player of the game here. And uh, unfortunately, an incident happened in the late in the fourth quarter. It was fourth and short down, about four and a half minutes to go. And uh, we had a punt blocked earlier in the game. And uh, I was the personal protector of the up back on the, uh, the punt team. And I saw somebody I thought come through on the left. And uh, I got back too far. And inadvertently blocked my own team's punt with my elbow. So uh, I recovered the ball uh, and uh, Alabama unfortunately scored and we ended up losing the game. So uh, uh, my brother told me ESPN called me the loneliest man in college football that day. So it was a, it was a tough game, but it really galvanized us. Uh, we won the next seven games, four against uh, ranked opponents and including we uh, beat Georgia in the sugar bowl in 1982. So that was, um, you know, just a, it was a crazy experience for me. It just shows you the, the highs and lows of uh, in the same game. So you have that low, but the next week you play Syracuse and you have a good game. So I bet you, you couldn't wait to play against Syracuse. But couldn't I couldn't wait. You know, I couldn't wait, obviously, to get that off my back and, and get back on the field. And uh, fortunately for me, uh, you know, I, I had a, a chance to start the next game and had a really good game. And, you know, I felt like I was a you know, major contributor that season. Um, despite that eventful play and, um, yeah, it was, a a crazy, a crazy year, but, you know, ended, ended very well for all of us. So, uh, you know, to win a national championship and, and Joe's first national championship was, uh, was special. Yeah. Adversity does build character for sure. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Mike Suter. He played safety on the 1982 Penn State Nittany Lions National Championship football team. And, Mike, you mentioned that uh, you pretty much sailed through the rest rest of the season uh, leading up to the Sugar Bowl for the National Championship, playing against Herschel Walker and uh, in Georgia, in, the, in New Orleans, and the Superdome. I mean, a lot of fanfare. Everybody's watching this game. Talk about all the hype and everything leading up to that big game. Yeah, it was, it was really different because you know i had played in two bowl games before that we played in the fiesta bowl mm-hmm. my uh, freshman and sophomore year but they weren't for the national championship and there was media and all the usual things but the the level of of hype for a national championship and it was a true national championship game before the bcs we were number two georgia was one so the winner took all kind of things so it was crazy i mean i remember the celebs that were there even back in you know 1982 um, it was, it was crazy. It was surreal almost, you know, and then, the, you know, a, a place like the, the Superdome against the Heisman Trophy winner uh, that year. So the, the hype was just crazy. And it was in, in Penn state, we played, we played a great game. We had a great game plan. We put nine in the box. We said, you know, let's, let's make them throw on just to beat us. And, uh, it was, you know, it was a tough game, but we were, I think we were ahead the whole game. So, uh, and, uh, we ended up winning the national title. So after winning that national championship, did it did it change your life in any way? Um, well, it was other than you know it was just a great experience. But then you know the next I was a junior, and the, the next year we had to come come back and play football. So it, it changed my life in the standpoint I always can say I was a national champion. Mm-hmm. But you know you got to go back to work, and life goes on. And uh, the next year, my senior year, we actually lost our first three games, um, and. Uh, 
we ended up bouncing back and finishing the year eight and four. And the last game I ever played was the Aloha Bowl. We won, beat a Washington team. And uh, so we finished strong there. But you got, you know, you got to battle adversity always, mm-hmm. it seems. So you got to, it's always about the next game and the next play. So uh, yeah, it was a lot of life lessons at Penn State. And it's always good to have a trip to Hawaii to end your uh, college career. Exactly. Yeah, not a bad place <laughs> to go out, right? <laughs> Blessed to play Ron Meyer, joined today by Mike Suter. He played on the 1982 Penn State Nittany Lion uh, National Championship football team. Mike, talk about, uh, you know, just playing competitive sports at a high level. You you mentioned about dealing with adversity, but what are some of the things that part of the process or part of playing at a, such a high level that you carried with you in your life? Yeah, great question. So to me, it's about, uh, to me, number one, it's discipline, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, great athletes out there, but to me, I always tried to maximize my talent. I knew what I needed to work on, and uh, I was always dedicated and disciplined, something I've tried to carry over to my life. In fact, I got my job with my current employer 39 years later because they had a good history of uh, athletes in their sales training program, and um, I, I ended up getting a job with them. They hired six Penn State football players because of that. They had a real... Uh, you know, uh, affinity for Penn State mm-hmm. in particular and uh, worked out well for me. So to me, it's just something I've carried over the way I live my life, uh, you know, focus, you know, try to be disciplined and 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 also, uh, you know, having a degree of humility, which is we all have to have that as well. So there's a, you know, being an athlete, especially at, at a division one school like Penn State is, um, you know, it requires a lot. Of- and even though you went to a secular institution, faith was a very much part of your life at Penn State as a Catholic coming from Archbishop Moeller. Absolutely. I had a great faith formation. I was raised uh, Catholic. Uh, my parents were both Catholic and, and I played for a great Catholic at uh, Moeller and Jerry Faust. Um and then, you know, Joe Paterno was Catholic and he wasn't as overt with his Catholicism and faith as Jerry Faust was. I mean, Jerry Faust is well known for, you know, St. Hail Mary's on the sideline and just, you know, we went to mass before every game and, and there was, you know, chapel services and so on. So, uh, you know, Joe was uh, a faithful man, too. I know he was. And uh, I was surrounded by some teammates that were were good Catholics and, and Christians. And, uh, you know, my faith was you know, everybody has their ups and downs in their journey, but I felt like it uh, was fairly intact uh, at, at Penn State. My, my, like I said, my wife was a student there and she was a Catholic and, and we go to mass together and, and, you know, we've maintained that strong, strong uh, base uh, throughout our lives. In fact, you had uh, a great success against Notre Dame, the team that you wanted to play for. Is that right? That's true. Yeah. So at my uh, sophomore year was Jerry Faust first year at Notre Dame. So he mm-hmm. went from a high school in Moeller to the head coach in Notre Dame, which is unprecedented. Probably will never happen again. And uh, we actually had Notre Dame scheduled uh, three years in a row and we're fortunate enough to beat them all three times. So I felt, well, I felt bad for, for fuzzy. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was, you know, bittersweet to, to win though. Bless the play Ron Meyer chatting once again with Mike Suter, former collegiate uh, athlete on the football side at Penn state. And Mike, uh, you see the way football has uh, turned uh, today. I mean, it's a lot of big money, even at the collegiate level. Are you, are you happy with the plight of football in general at the college level and also the NFL, the way it, it's took a turn from a big revenue maker? 
Well, you know, the NFL, I think, has always been about revenue, but the, I'm a little concerned about college. You know, this whole NIL thing is uh, troublesome to me because, you know, while I understand, you know, compensation is important, you can't, you can't get a job, you can't work when you're playing, you know, any, any sport uh, because of the time commitment. But this, this NIL thing, I think it's a little, it's the way I look at it, it's sort of unregulated and they've got to get their arms around that. So I, I'm concerned about it, Ron, to be honest. I don't know where it's going. I think that the true amateurism of uh, college football is disappearing quickly. Yeah, when you play the sport, it was a much tougher game, wouldn't you say? I mean, obviously the quarterback wasn't uh, handled with like, uh, you know, kid gloves and, you know, they weren't protected as well, but it was a much rougher environment for football in general. Yeah, it was, you know, there worked it. And I think a lot of the changes they've made are, are for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the things that we did and went through um, would never have happened, uh, you know, today. And uh, by the same token, the kids are so much bigger and faster. I mean, I mm-hmm. look, at, we didn't have anybody that was 300 pounds on our team back in 1982. Uh, but now if you're not 300 pounds, you can't play the line, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just the the speed and size um is is incredible and i think you know regulation on the safety front is is probably a good thing yeah i think so too as far as concussions go and you know the injuries that uh these football players sustain after their career that uh, it rears its ugly head and affects them in their everyday life so uh i think good measures on that side but both the uh nc2a and the nfl well it's halftime here on blessed to play we'll continue our discussion with mike Suter, and we'll talk faith on the other side when blessed to play returns after this Amazon Echo is a smart speaker that allows you to use just your voice. You can listen to EWTN Radio just by saying, Alexa, play EWTN Radio. Check out the Amazon Echo today. One of the most terrifying experiences in life is teaching your teenager to drive. (laughs) My daughter has this tendency to focus her attention right on the hood of the car. You see, she thinks that by focusing on the car itself, she'll keep it going in the right direction. Of course, there's no surer way to crash. Thankfully, she's slowly getting it. You only get where you want to go by fixing your eyes far ahead of your car. When you do that, you end up steering in the right direction. That's why worship is so important. We need a focal point that's far beyond ourselves to give us perspective and to keep our lives heading in the right direction. That focal point is the majesty and greatness of God. Try starting each day with your favorite worship song. And when you pray, don't just ask for stuff. You might end up more stressed than when you started because you sat in the presence of your problems and forgot the greatness of God. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Cresta in the afternoon. Beloved and blessed. The Catholic Cafe. No one does Catholic radio like EWTN. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Mike Suter. And if you caught the first half of the show you know he was quite a football player at Penn State University in fact he was part of the 1982 national championship team under coach Joe Paterno and uh 
Mike has quite a Catholic formation, especially on the education side. He went to Archbishop Moeller High School in Cincinnati, was raised a cradle Catholic. And Mike, I know, knowing you and knowing your family, that faith is at the forefront and it continues to be till this day. But um, talk about why faith is important to you in general. Well, it's, you know, to me, we just have to recognize that that we are, you know, God's creatures and we are, uh, you know, in the scheme of things, very small. And we have to understand the perspective. And to me, you know, having that faith foundation, you know, early on, I've all, I always believed in God and Jesus. And it, it's been just so important uh, for me in, in every aspect of my life. And as I get older, it, I would say I'm becoming a you know, in my faith journey, a better Catholic, better Christian, and more focused on, on that. And I'm always trying to be grateful for all the blessings that I've received and uh, my family and, and so on. So it's just, for me, it's everything. It starts there and everything else is secondary. So Mike, you and your wife raise your, your children. And uh, I, I, I think, I know one of them went to Moeller, maybe both, but uh, talk about that, raising them as Catholics and where they wound up at Moeller High School. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, we're obviously still active with, with Moeller High School. We uh, are involved with a lot of fundraising for them and contribute there because I think it's just a special place. Uh, you know, you know, through these doors, walk the men of Moeller um, is on the sign when you walk in there and it, it creates, you know, better men, not of the world, but for the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that's a, important. And both my boys went there, as you mentioned, um, we tried to instill them strong faith and, and, and that they hope they can carry with them the rest of their lives. Yeah, Moeller was very important to me and to us. Well, that's a key word there, the formation, because when you're formed and then you have to go out into the world, into your respective place, whether it be occupationally, raising a family, and you're trained almost to be a good leader, a good faith, have a good faith formation behind you. Do you feel that Moeller did that for you uh, in a big way? Absolutely. You know, they're big on, and still are, you know, servant leadership and giving back um, to uh, to the community and being an example, uh, you know, with your your actions it, it, more than words, you know, that, you know, you can tell somebody's a Christian, hopefully by how they they treat other people. So, Mike, talk about I, I always like to get this out of athletes in general is that, uh, you know, what fortifies you in your spiritual life? I know, you know, what you put in comes out. Right. So. What is your go-to prayers or how do you start the day to get you spiritually uh, fortified and nourished? Yeah, great question. So to me, again, I go back to the discipline. I'm I'm a very ritualistic person too. I like to do my regular things. So the what I do in the mornings is I say a rosary every day. I've been doing that for probably 10 years. Mm. Um, I read a book called Real Men Say the Rosary and it inspired me. And I think it's a it's just an awesome prayer. If you can just do that. So I, I do that and I have, uh, I'm a dynamic Catholic ambassador. So I, I get to, to push, uh, you know, videos from Matthew Kelly and I'm doing, you know, best line ever now. So I get these push little snippet videos and challenges to make you a better version of yourself, as he likes to say. So, you know, those, my go-to prayer is, uh, is the rosary. Yeah. It's, that's great to hear a guy say that because a lot of times it's misconstrued as, uh, you know, the elderly ladies in the church are the only ones praying the rosary, but there's a number of men who like to pray it as well. And uh, what a great scriptural prayer to pray, too. Now, we're, we're uh, 
we're taping the show during Lent, and Lent is always a great time for Catholics. It's uh, supposed to be a time of sacrifice, of giving up. But talk about this time of the year and what it does for you in general and also your spiritual life. Yeah, so I'm trying to do, instead of giving up something this year, what I'm trying to do is even more on the uh, kind of formation side, if you will. So I, there's an app called Hallowed that you're probably familiar with, a mm-hmm. Catholic app, and I'm trying to do their their the 40-day challenge. Uh, it's 12 to 15 minutes a day of of a reflection and inspiration, different, you know, different speakers and so on. Um, I'm trying to do adoration, Eucharistic adoration once a week and, and get up there and get just centered. And um, our church has, has that adoration chapel. So those are, are two things that I'm doing in addition to the, like I said, the best Lent ever. I get pushed to me every day and, and listening to those uh, videos and challenges. Well, talk about your wife, Shirley. I know she's in, on this journey with you and on the spiritual journey as well. And uh, talk about some of the things you do together to fortify your spiritual life. Yeah. So one of the things that we do is, uh, you know, obviously we go to mass together, um, pray before meals and things like that. But we'll walk with the dogs and then we'll say a rosary uh, as well there. So sometimes I get two rosaries in a day. It just depends. Right. So we do do that together. Uh, she's she's awesome. As you know, she's very active in our church and, um, you know, she is a, a, a great role model for me to try to live, live up to, uh, how she you know lives her life for others. So Mike, let's get into, you know, uh, one of your, uh, your sons who has been a past guest on this show, Brent is a major league baseball pitcher for the Colorado Rockies. And you have to sit through games when Brent pitches. And I want to know how that is, but, uh, I bet your faith comes in handy when you have to watch your son pitch and you're in the stands. Amen, man. So yeah, they got a, extra rosaries for those. Yeah, it's I don't know. Being the father of a pitcher is just it's, it's hard. I think if everybody's out there, their kids pitch at any level. I've been like this since he was in little league. I don't know what it is. It's just I agonize over every pitch, you know. And he's obviously pretty good, but uh, you know, it's just it's tough. Uh, but it's been all, what a blessing, right? So he was you know late round draft pick and you know made it to the to the show. This is his eighth major league season, but you know, he is grounded. You've talked to him, you know, Mm -hmm. he's, he's a good kid, you know, he's balanced and, and he knows what's important. And, uh, you know, like to think some of that was from Shirley and, and, and me and, you know, conveying what was important and, and that sort of thing. And your other son fulfilled a dream that uh, you had, but never made it to that institution. He went to the university of Notre Dame. He did. Yeah, we're so proud. And what a great school, too. He had a wonderful experience there as parents dropping him off at Notre Dame. I just felt so blessed and that he was in such a good spot. You know, one of the things they do at Notre Dame, like 80 percent of the kids go to mass because they have it in the mm-hmm. in the dorms. And, and Troy's still, you know, great friends with the kids he graduated with now. And, and uh, yeah, he was smart enough to get into Notre Dame. I wasn't. <laughs> well, our nation and our country went through some uh is going through, I should say, some tumultuous years uh, going back four years ago. And I know you're in a position maybe to talk to other Catholic men and people who become disheartened on this journey. What would be your message to men or just people in general going through these tough times with faith at the forefront? Yeah, you you got to keep, uh, to me, what's keep your eye on the Lord, eye on Jesus. You know, what's because this, this will all pass. You know, we're, I'm reading a book right now. It's, you know, kind of um, 
sobering a bit. It's called the fourth quarter, you know. So you're, you know, basically in the fourth. I'm in the fourth quarter of my life, and mm-hmm. I want to finish strong because you don't know what you've got, how many days you got left. And mm-hmm. so I would say that what you know, focus on what's important. Um, I'm active in also my church. We have a, a a father's team group. We've been getting together, and I've been going for close to 20 years. And there's like 60 guys that get up and meet on Friday mornings at 6:03 in the morning and uh, share faith and just it's men you know iron sharpening iron is one of the proverbs says right so i've found that very helpful to me uh, i guess my weekend started off in, in a good way you know early friday morning we're we're you know talking about uh, things that are important and uh reading some scripture and that sort of thing and doing reflections and so to me it's if you can especially for men you know staying connected with other men and uh you know, in talking more than just sports, right? It's talking about stuff that really matters. Yeah, and there's some parallels too, because I think when you played obviously college football, your your goal was to win a national championship. And your goal as a man or as a child of God is to get to heaven. And they're both attainable, right? Um and uh I guess the uh second one is actually more attainable because if you if you live the right life, you will get there, right? Um, if you, if you play the best, yeah, you know, one of the things I try to balance is doing the right thing and, and, you know, we can't earn our way there. It's, mm-hmm. it's a gift. We just have to accept the yes. And, and the yes means living how, how God wants you to live. Right. And again, I go back to, you know, living a life lived for others is the only one that's really worth living. So trying to do that, um, you know, we all, we all fall and, and, you know, we're all broken, um, and we, but we just got to pick ourselves back up and keep our eye on the prize. Mike, in our remaining moments here, I know you live in Cincinnati. So is it all things Cincinnati? We're going Bengals, Reds. Is that uh, where the well, not Reds anymore? I shouldn't say that. It's Rockies now. <laughs> yeah, I used to be right. I grew up in the seventies in the big red machines. So I was a huge Reds fan. But when you're, I found out quickly when your son plays for a competitor, your allegiances change. So uh, I'm now a, I'm now a Rockies guy. I get I got to get new Rockies. I get Rockies wear because I got all my Brewer stuff in storage now. That's right. And you may have to bring your oxygen tank with you when you go out to Denver to, to watch some games. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Well, it's been a lot of fun chatting with Mike Suter. He played safety on the Penn State Nittany Lion 1982 National Championship football team. And obviously, he's a, a man of faith, had great formation at Moeller. And his, I think his parents did a pretty good job as well. Mike, thanks so much. I appreciate the time. And uh, best wishes to you as a Major League Baseball pitcher's father. I, I wish you all the best with that. Great. Thanks, Ron. Really appreciate it. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed2play.com. You can like us on Facebook and hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Mike Suter, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.